What's up, cool cats and cuties? This is the Promenade Merchants Podcast, a Star Trek podcast out on the frontier. So sit down and grab a rock to Gino as David Majors and Heather Kirby talk all things Star Trek. Old, new, and what's to come. The Promenade Merchants are open for business. What's up, everybody? David Majors here for the sixth episode of the newest Star Trek podcast on the block, The Promenade Merchants, alongside my fellow merchant, Heather Kirby. What's up, Heather? What's up, David? How are you hanging in there? The sun is starting to come out. It's nice and hot here in Ohio today. Uh, how's everything going, my friend? Uh, here in the great state of Michigan... Uh, it is a bit of a rain, but we know what they say. April, May flowers bring June bugs or, or something like that. I think that's how that saying goes. Uh, but we're going to talk about some Star Trek. And oh, man, is there a lot of Star Trek to talk about. Uh, I don't think I'm, I'm fully ready for just how much Star Trek there is going to be to talk about, Heather. But I, I think we can we can dive in and start with the old business. And this is something that we we both kind of bonded on recently because uh, with the COVID-19 quarantine, I've been working from home slash furloughed. And I, I, in the last couple of days, kind of started an accidental binge uh, where I, I will... Just kind of pick a random episode of Star Trek and just kind of go from there. And it ended up with me going into a deep dive of Star Trek Voyager, Heather. And I remembered I really, really, really liked Voyager a lot. And I still do. Uh, I absolutely love Star Trek Voyager for a number of reasons. How about you? I love Star Trek Voyager. Um, it definitely rates up there in probably my top three uh, favorite Star Trek shows. And of course, Janeway is my captain. Uh, Janeway is everything. I, I mean, there's just so many moments in Voyager where I, I just want to sit there while I'm watching it and do like the fist pump in the air and go, yeah, you go get them, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so... Voyager, it's uh, really, a, I think it, it stands out from the other Star Trek series uh, because of its setting, because it, it, it's set in the Delta Quadrant, which is an area of ex- space that they never explored before. So we get to meet new races and uh, new alien races, and some of them are very, very alien, uh, and have new exciting challenges and new technology and uh just you get to really see the the human drive as to what you will go through and the determination uh to look after one another and make sure everybody ultimately gets back home to their families and i I think that's something that makes voyager stand out i i totally agree and uh one part of that you mentioned about Voyager is how far removed they were from the rest of the established Star Trek that we know. And that was a bold move at the time to deviate from what we already knew from Star Trek. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, what I remember the most is how much I 
absolutely loved just about every character uh, on the cast of Star Trek Voyager individually. I I genuinely loved every character. And I especially connected with Belana Torres. I, I find that, for me personally, she's one of the characters that I find the most relatable. But I absolutely love the entire cast of Star Trek Voyager. Uh, the way the actors interacted with one another, uh, the performances that they all put on, uh, Captain Janeway, Tuvok, Chakotay, uh, yes, Neelix, I will admit it, I'm a Neelix guy. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Uh, Neelix is Tom- amazing. He Neelix is, is amazing. Uh, Tom Paris and Harry Kim. Uh, again, I mentioned Balana. Seven of Nine kind of grew on me over time, but I'll discuss that in a minute. Uh, but yeah, and also on top of everything else, in all of Star Trek, Voyager is my absolute favorite Star Trek bridge. I absolutely love the bridge of Voyager. Uh, it might only be close with the upcoming Enterprise bridge that we'll talk about later, but I absolutely love the bridge of Voyager. I love the set design. Uh, I was noticing in some of the later seasons, they were doing a little bit more experimenting with cameras and cinematography and, and, uh, some of the computer animation was really improving, uh, which made the space battles look really good. Uh, I think uh, aesthetically, they did a really good job with the Borg in the later seasons. Uh, they did a really good job of establishing the Borg as a, a threat, not just to the Alpha Quadrant, but to the entire galaxy. And I just loved how Voyager had so many different character dynamics, uh, whether it was Captain Janeway and Chakotay, the only ship that I will recognize, that that's the only <laughs> one. Uh, it was whether it was Harry and Tom, Tom and Bolana, uh, Chakotay and Tuvok, uh, Tuvok and Captain Janeway, uh, Tuvok and Neelix, uh, j- just all of it. I-, I absolutely loved how much. All of these people genuinely cared about one another uh, throughout the entire series. And and uh, like I said, just over the last couple of days, I just put on an episode of Voyager at random. And the next thing I know, I watched like all of season five. And like I realized that a lot of my favorite episodes of all of Star Trek came from the later seasons of Star Trek Voyager. So yeah, I just I just really enjoyed especially five, six, and seven of Star Trek Voyager. Uh how about you, Heather? Like just picking apart from Voyager, do you remember any episodes in particular that, that you really liked? Um, I would say actually probably season four had a lot of uh, my favorite episodes. Uh just when they introduced Seven of Nine into the cast I think it really gave the show a shot of adrenaline and they took that character's introduction and then just went running from there. And so like uh, from you first meeting her into like not just a few episodes, but like all of season four, all of season five, uh, they're just incredible. I, I, I mean, the, the show really took off when it came to their uh, character development and the, the, the stories that they came and just, like, dealing with the board, too. Uh, 
Because I want to go back to what you mentioned, because there are a lot of people who like to argue that Voyager made the Borg look weak. Oh, I completely disagree with that. Completely disagree. I think that they made the Borg look like a legit empire of death and destruction. I agree, because, I mean, you get to see the Borg's home quadrant and the wreckage that they've done throughout the Delta Quadrant and their territory. And, like, before you just saw, like, their small incursions into the Alpha Quadrant and the Federation's territory, but now you see, like, this true empire that the Borg have built. And And, and when they say a, a few times across the series how the Borg have assimilated literally billions and possibly trillions of people across the Delta Quadrant. That is unbelievably high in number. Oh, yeah. And and just like, and especially when you hear a character like Seven, like even after she's been de-assimilated, how she talks about the different things that the Borg have done and how they've run into different species and, and how, how they're classified and why they assimilated them for what technology or whatever. I, I mean, it just really goes to put a, a bigger picture view on what the Borg have really done and, and what the collective have accomplished. And I mean, this just isn't things that seven herself have done with the Borg because like with their hive mind, she, has knowledge of everything that the Borg has accomplished. So I, I really think that especially diving into the, the, the Borg episodes and the stories that they tell with them uh, really make for interesting and, and unique storytelling that you don't get to see before. Even though they're a villain that we know, it's still something, a different side of them. Now... I want to go back to Seven of Nine just for a second because uh, I'm going to steal a little bit of your thunder and I'm going to say something to maybe upset some people first. And then I'll leave that to you a little bit later. <laughs> That's a tease, everybody. Uh, seven of Nine. Uh, let me start by saying I absolutely love Jerry Ryan as an actress. I think that whenever she gets really good material, she knocks it out of the park 100% of the time. However, in the case of Seven of Nine, I always thought she was a better character when she was out of her element. I did not much care for Seven of Nine, the ex-drone. Uh, to a point where I really didn't like her at all, uh, especially because in the first few seasons of Voyager, I really liked Kess as a character. Uh, but I think over time, when the producers at Star Trek realized that Jerry Ryan was more than just eye candy in a cat suit and was a very, very, very good actress, they started giving her a little more and, and having her emote more and show more of a character, more of a personality. And by the end of Voyager, where we started seeing her be more have more depth as a person beyond just being 
ex-Borg with this information available. Uh, I really think that she became a really good character that Jerry Ryan did a lot with. Like, I loved the episode where uh, the Borg Queen uh, visited Seven, uh, or or was it the episode where Seven started hearing voices of people that had been assimilated while she was a drone? And we got to see Jerry Ryan playing all of these different characters and that she absolutely nailed it. Uh, number two, uh, the episode I think in season seven where her and the doctor, uh, were abducted and they like had to switch bodies and everything and oh, you had to classic. see yeah. the doctor in seven's body and, and vice versa. Again, I think that was all a testament to how good of an actress Jerry Ryan really is. Uh, I'm big on the Jerry Ryan hype train right now. Uh, and I'm glad that they expanded her character more than just being ex-drone because for a while that got a little dry for me. Uh, I, I was not a big seven of nine fan. Uh, and, and I'm glad she got better because I think Jerry Ryan deserved better. And she's shown it over and over and over again. Oh, I, I definitely agree with that. I think um, I like to look at seven kind of, because when, when she, she was first introduced and, and she was first de-assimilated, uh, it, it's almost like the, the character itself was really a child like especially with her being assimilated to the Borg at such a young age, like she, even though she was an adult, like she's a child and you got to watch her grow and develop throughout the later seasons of Voyager and continue that into Picard. And I think that's the biggest gift you could ever give an actress like Jerry Ryan, because she got to start with really a blank slate and a character that wasn't designed to have any sort of personality or, or uh, character ideals. And then she as the actress got to grow that character along that journey. And uh, it, it says a lot about Jerry Ryan that she can portray seven like that and the amount of growth that she goes through. And, uh, it says a lot about the behind the scenes crew of Voyager that they saw that potential in her and gave her that opportunity. Cause she, she could have been a very one note character, but and uh, she I, I'm glad, I'm glad they did. Uh, I, I want to talk about two other characters on Voyager that, uh, honestly, I feel like just about every character in Voyager is, is underrated. But I think that the two characters that I find to be the most underrated are Commander Chakotay, who is maybe a bit one-dimensional, but I think he, and I, I credit Robert Beltran with a lot of this. Uh, Robert Beltran was a really strong kind of steady presence on Voyager. Uh, he had sort of a stoicism and a gravitas to him that was a really good balance for the Federation as well as the ex Maquis. Uh, he was a really good mediator uh, and he was a really good foil to Captain Janeway. 
and I thought that he was a really, really good first officer kind of counterbalance to Janeway in that regard. And the way that she implicitly trusted him, uh, even after he was part of the Maquis, uh, it really showed a, a testament to his character. And also, secondly, uh, while I'm not the most religious or spiritual person myself, I loved that they didn't hide Chicote's spirituality and him being Native American and being from a Federation colony that eschewed what the Federation was trying to do and to forge their own path and uh, Chakotay's connections to the ancestors. So, one, I think Chicote was uh, an underrated character. And two, uh, uh, the person that I think is someone that I connect to very personally is Belana Torres. And Belana is a character that I have a lot of different personality beats with uh she has a temper uh and i can relate to that because i i can i can be a little on edge from time to time and also she was kicked out of the academy and she isn't exactly in love with starfleet either and sometimes the federation and starfleet aren't always perfect and being half klingon and half human, she was always kind of dealing with an internal conflict inside of herself. And that manifested in a few different episodes, uh, including the episodes where part of her split into two, where we see her as a human and as a Klingon. And also another episode where she has a, hol- a holodeck addiction, where she starts doing these really dangerous activities. Uh, because she said that she was trying to feel something and feel alive. And Roxanne Dawson talked about that episode, saying that it was very much pulled from the idea of depression and mental illness. And because I've dealt with those things, it was something that I really connected with. And I think Voyager and Roxanne Dawson, who is a director in her own right as well, did a great, great job with with her as a character and giving her way more depth than I think a lot of people would have expected. And uh, Belana Torres is really high up there in in Star Trek characters for me. I I agree with you on on Chakotay. I think uh, Ch- Chakotay is incredibly underrated when it comes to uh, talking about the first officers in Star Trek shows. Um, He really doesn't get a whole lot of mention a lot of times, uh, but he's, I really enjoyed his character um, because like I said, he, like you said, he's very loyal. He's very steadfast. He's very much like the calm, sensible one when emotions are running high. Chakotay is the one to even everything out. And I do appreciate the fact that they made the character Native American and uh, they delve into some of him having traditions and and a very spiritual background. Uh, One of the issues with that, though, was apparently they hired someone, the, the Voyager crew hired someone to give them information about 
Native American traditions. And that didn't work out so well. And the person they hired was a total fraud. So a lot of people look at that and be like, well, they had a fraud tell them about Native Americans, so Chakotay is just a bunch of junk. I No, <laughs> it's not the character's fault that the, the guy who was telling them what to do was a fraud. Um, so they didn't get a lot of that stuff right, and uh, they could have done that type of representation a lot better. Uh, but I believe they learned from that mistake, at least, because sometimes you got to make mistakes so you can learn from them. And uh, I'm hopeful that maybe down the line in one of these new Star Trek shows, we'll get to see uh, a more accurate representation of a Native American in Starfleet. I would honestly uh, just love to see Chakotay again, honestly. You know, I... I I, I really think, especially having Seven of Nine on Picard, I think that opens up the door for guest appearances from uh, more of the Voyager cast. I know we saw a lot of the TNG cast, and a lot of people talk about the rest of the TNG cast because it's Picard, but I, I would love to see just small guest appearances. <laughs> doesn't have to be a big ordeal, but yeah. it, it would be really cool to see small guest appearances from a lot of the Voyager cast members on Picard as well, uh, because they, they are, are part of Seven's character journey, too. I, I completely agree. Uh, who who was your uh, aside from Captain Janeway? Uh, who who would you say is the the Voyager character that you you really enjoy the most? Um, aside from Captain Janeway, that would probably be Tuvok is the one ah, I enjoy the most. Good choice. I, good choice. I think Tuvok's. I think Tuvok is really underrated as well when it comes to Vulcan characters because I mean everybody gets compared to Spock, <laughs> and Tuvok is not Spock. But Tuvok But he's has, Tuvok, and he's yeah, great. He has his own personality and his own very uh, dry wit and sarcastic humor uh, that is, in some cases, not Vulcan, but in other cases, it's very, very Vulcan. And it's, it's just so much fun to watch, especially how... Because uh, I think Tuvok really took on the role of... As much as we talked about Chakotay being level-headed, I think Tuvok really took on the role as kind of like a counselor on the ship because they don't have one. And there, there's a lot of scenes throughout the series where a Tuvok is the person who is helping other people deal with their emotions because he's a Vulcan and he knows how to do that. <laughs> so he's helping the other cast members like... Uh, he helped Kess deal with her powers, and he helped Bolana deal with her anger, and uh, he helped Neelix be Neelix. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Tuvok-Neelix relationship is, in my opinion, one of the best things in Star Trek history, because they were... They were the odd couple that we needed in Star Trek that we had not seen, ironically, since Dr. McCoy and Spock. And yes. it was 
they were absolutely terrific together and it, it ended on such a good note uh, at the end of the seventh season where we saw uh, Neelix going to the, the Talaxian mining colony and, and as part of the goodbye, Tuvok did a little dance step for him uh, just to show that he didn't completely despise Neelix at all. And yeah. I, I loved the, the Tuvok Neelix relationship. It was, those two were terrific together and, and I think they know it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So yeah, if, if you're a Star Trek fan and you, you have not watched Voyager, watch Voyager. It's, it's genuinely great. It, I, I love Voyager. I really do. I really do. Okay. Let's, let's move on to some new business and, and, and shall we jump in, Heather? Shall we talk about the big breaking news? <laughs> you sure you're ready to go there? <laughs> a- absolutely. In fact, I think my, my take might surprise you. Okay. Uh, so the news has come out that yes, it is official. The folks at CBS have heard the fans and that Anson Mount Ethan Peck and Rebecca Romaine uh, will be returning to Star Trek to cre- and will be a part of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Uh, it will be a brand new original Star Trek series featuring Captain Christopher Pike, number one, and the young science officer Spock on the Enterprise before James T. Kirk's five-year mission. It's official... Uh, th- they heard the demands of the fans, and it's going forward. Now, Heather, uh, you and I discussed this when the news broke. Uh, I will say that I would probably consider myself somewhere in the middle on all of this. I, I feel like I'm very much in the middle. Now, how about you? <laughs> okay. Well, okay. To start out with, I I got your back. Whatever you say, regardless, I got your back. I, I I I need to tell everyone listening a little tidbit about me. I love Star Trek Discovery. I mean, that's obvious from the way you hear me talk about it. I I I just I love star trek discovery so much it it's the show that really brought me into the fandom uh brought me into the online community talking with other amazing star trek fans uh brought me into the podcasting community where i get to sit here and talk with you on podcasts so i i i really have a deep deep place in my heart for star trek discovery one little quirk uh i don't know call it a quirk call it a pet peeve, is that I really don't like it when people start uh, comparing Star Trek Discovery to what they call classic Trek. And so the idea of Strange New Worlds uh, and it being a classic Trek show, which is what everyone has been clamoring for, uh, it it just I'm not excited about it. I'm not excited about it. It doesn't thrill me. I I, I haven't been one of those fans clamoring for for it, and it's just kind of my ornery nature because ever since Discovery premiered, uh, 
I, I've heard conversations about which episodes of Discovery are classic Trek, and, and that's the most Trek episode of Discovery. And to me, all of Star Trek Discovery is Star Trek. There is no classic Trek or new Trek. It is all Star Trek. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I, I really enjoyed Anson Mount's portrayal as Pike and Ethan Peck's portrayal as Spock. And I honestly do look forward to seeing more of number one. Though I will be honest, I am a huge Majel Barrett stan. <laughs> and Rebecca Romaine has not gotten there yet with me. But we haven't, we didn't hardly get to see any of number one in Star Trek season, Star Trek Discovery season two. Like, she's the one we got to see the least. So I really do want them to explore the character of number one in Strange New Worlds. I'm just, I, I'm not on the hype train because I, it, there, there, there's just something about all the flan, fan clamoring and excitement over it that uh, turns me off. I, I, I believe that the new shows that they're putting out, that they're all Star Trek. That yes, there there is a place for a a show that is similar to the Star Trek series that came before in the '90s and in the '60s, but I don't like the classification of a classic Star Trek show uh, because that determines that there's something wrong with Discovery and Picard because they're not like their usual Star Trek shows and it's all Star Trek so that's kind of where I stand on it um, I'm, I, I'm still going to watch the show and I'm sure I'm still going to enjoy it and I, I, I'm going to find a point down the road where I, I get excited about it but right now I'm just not there okay now I'll let you know we're not nearly as far off from one another as as we both might have originally assumed. <laughs> uh, because on the one thing I will completely agree with you on, uh, the way that a lot of Star Trek fans uh, were clamoring for this show, uh, I found really off-putting. Was I interested in the idea? Yes, but I was not screaming for it. In fact, on several occasions, uh, on Star Trek Facebook groups and in, in, on the Star Trek Reddit and a few other places, uh, I, I would ask people the question, do you really want this series? Or is it just that you really, really hate Discovery? And I, I challenged people to answer that question. And uh, a lot of people more often than not said that they do like Discovery. And I really like Discovery a lot, too. I absolutely do. Uh, I can already say some parts of Star Trek Discovery both seasons have already really just made me love Star Trek more than ever. It's It's been a part of my life since I was a child, but I love it now more than ever. Uh, but yeah, I love Star Trek Discovery. Uh, but I also said to people, uh, how much of this is a cover for the fact that they really didn't like Discovery at all? But they just didn't want to say that out loud. 
Um, and that's what I think was the beginning of what became Strange New Worlds. Number two. Yes, Anson Mount, Ethan Peck, and Rebecca Romaine all did a great job with their characters. And I absolutely loved the short trek that they did. And I'm hoping that we see Cadet Tira Sidhu as well in the future in Strange New Worlds. Maybe she'll be an ensign. I hope she is. Uh, I'm a big Rebecca Romaine fan. I've loved her in just about everything she's ever done. Uh, she is my mystique, uh, as far as that goes. And just anything else she's ever done. I, I love Rebecca Romaine. I think she's extremely talented. And I, I have faith in her playing this role. It's not something any of us have really seen a lot of. Uh, we only saw the character number one really in the cage. That's really yeah. only what we've seen of her. Uh, kind of like Christopher Pike in some ways. Yeah. These are two characters that have mythos to them, but they have not really been fully fleshed out yet. I'm looking forward to that, and I think that the the people that got Anson Mount and Rebecca Romaine would not have made those choices to get them if they didn't know that those two actors weren't capable of doing the job. Which brings me to my third point, and I want to speak to everyone out there that has problems with quote-unquote new Trek and the modern Trek, the ones that really don't like Discovery or really don't like Picard, the ones that are clamoring for a, a Pike series so they don't have to, uh, so they can ignore Discovery and Picard. I want to say to them that it was Alex Kurtzman who made this happen. It was the same people that wrote and produced and directed all of the things you don't like in Star Trek Discovery that made Anson Mount's Christopher Pike. It, it was the same people, the same writers, the same producers that made those characters. It was the same people. So if you're really that upset about what Discovery is ruining Star Trek or Picard isn't what it was supposed to be and blah, 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 just keep that in mind when Strange New World starts because... This is what you wanted. This is what you asked for. And if you have a problem with this too, well then, you know, may maybe it's just time for you to move on. And maybe you just can't accept that uh, in the coming years there will be different Star Trek series uh, with all sorts of different flavors. There will be an episodic series like Discovery, and that was DS9 back in the day. For people that want to say it's not like old Trek. Hello, DS9 <laughs> was an episodic series too, you dummies. Uh, Picard, it will be a mix of being a, a character study while also touching on the Star Trek universe as we currently know it. Uh, the upcoming season of Discovery will be way in the future and we don't even know what that's going to be yet. Uh, which we'll, we'll talk a little bit about with Saru in a little bit when we talk about Discovery season three. Uh, and, 
I just feel like there is going to be, and I think that Alex Kurtzman and, and the brain trust at Stevie S have done a really good thing here, and that they are creating something within Star Trek where each thing will have a different flavor. And I think that's really interesting. It really takes the idea of infinite diversity and infinite combinations and kind of puts it out there for everyone to to enjoy. And uh, I know that I'm going to check out all of them. I'm going to check out every bit of Star Trek media that comes out soon. And I'm excited. I can say that I'm excited for Strange New Worlds. I'm definitely not as excited as a lot of people. I I think when when it came out and I tweeted about it, I was more shocked than excited uh, <laughs> because I, I was actually surprised that uh, I know Alex Kurtzman at Comic-Con and a few other places was like, yeah, we we're thinking about it. We're talking about it. We're thinking about it. Uh, but the fact that it's actually happening, that that really surprised me uh, because while on one hand, I agree with you, Heather, completely. I agree with you completely. Kind of bowing to fan demands sets a precedent. And yeah. I, I don't think that's a direction you can always go in. Yeah. However, where I do see is that these are really good actors who put on really good performances. And everything from the current era of Star Trek has shown me, uh, whether it's Eugene Rottenberry, whether it's the team in Discovery, whether it's Michael Chabon on Picard, that they've got some really strong writers and some really strong storytellers uh, working with Star Trek right now. And when you've got really good actors and really good writers and you've got a business model i think that alex kurtzman made a business decision and said yeah this will be a good thing and sometimes you have to take what looks like a no-brainer and just kind of run with it so uh, I know I'm I'm waffling here, and I'm saying I'm in the middle, but I know I'm interested in seeing what they do. I, I'm interested in strange new worlds. I'm not as excited as a lot of other people, but but I will definitely be excited to watch it. In fact, Heather, I'm going to go a little bit further. I'm going to say something really crazy. Right. I I dare CBS to put Star Trek Strange New Worlds on their television network. <laughs> That's what I'd like to see. If if they really think that this is what fans have demanded and fans have wanted, put it on the network. D don't put it on CBS All Access. Put it on network television. Put it in primetime network television. It can be Sunday night. It can be Thursday night. It can be Wednesday night or somewhere. You really think that this is this is going to be big? You really want to see how the fans feel let's do it old school let's put star trek back on primetime television see what happens well 
I'm not certain they're going to go that far because I thought they would at least premiere Picard on the network like they did with Discovery and they didn't do it. So I, I, I don't know. Everything's up in the air when it comes to network TV right now and, and when shit will actually get produced. But I do have one other thing, uh, a positive takeaway from Strange New Worlds, and this will kind of segue into what we're going to talk about next. But I think the the one good thing about having a show with Pike and Number One and Spock on the Enterprise that's set in the time frame that the Discovery left is that they have an opportunity to take all the characters, the, the smaller supporting characters that we met in Discovery and bring them back on Strange New Worlds. I would love to see more of Laurel because Mary Chifo is amazing and deserves to still be a part of our Star Trek family. Uh, I would love to see more of Ash Tyler's Section 31 because I believe ultimately that will somehow tie into Michelle Yeoh's Section 31 show. I would love to see more of like amazing smaller characters like Poe and uh, Saru's sister, Serana, and what's going on with the Kelpians. And even, <laughs> I mean, Captain Pike meeting Harry Mudd? Come on now. Oh, that's good. So, that would be gold. Yeah. I, I mean, they have an opportunity to take characters that they already introduced in Discovery that you know you're not going to see on Discovery again because Discovery's in the far future and bring those characters back on Strange New Worlds. So I hope that they consider that when they're writing the stories for the enterprise crew. And you know what? You just reminded me of something that I think is really good. Uh, when it comes to the characters in strange new worlds, I really appreciate the fact that star Trek fans have really taken a positive reaction to Ethan Peck as Spock. Uh, early on, uh, as many people know, uh, Leonard Nimoy set such a standard uh, for playing that character. And Zachary Quinto uh, did a really good job uh, with the movies. Uh, but to many people, Leonard Nimoy is and always will be Spock, deservedly so. And for Ethan Peck to have gotten the positive response that he has playing Spock... I think that shows that Star Trek fans, while on one hand, yes, they're kind of running away from Discovery. Uh, let, let's admit that. Uh, it's, it's pretty transparent how many of them don't like Discovery. Uh, at the same time, they're not doing the thing that I expected them to do and saying that... Uh, Ethan Peck isn't Spock or, or it's, it's ruining the, the memory of Leonard Nimoy or, or something like that. And I actually think that's really good. And I'm, I'm glad to see what Ethan Peck will be able to do with the character. Uh, yeah. I mean, Ethan Peck is incredible as Spock and uh, I, I had never seen him in anything outside of discovery uh, but when he was first cast, and <laughs> this is going to sound so weird, but when he was first cast, and I found out that he was Gregory Peck's grandson, I'm like, okay, this guy has got to be good, because <laughs> Gregory Peck is incredible. Uh, he's one of my favorite old-time actors, uh, 
when it comes to older movies from back in the day, like way before I was born. So I, and he, he, Ethan definitely lived up to that and more. I think he, he really did his homework. Uh, he's brought a lot to the character and, uh, I do look forward to seeing where he goes from here. And I'm, I'm glad the fans have embraced him because the love for Leonard Nimoy across this fandom is just universal. And so uh, to really embrace a young guy like Ethan, uh, who's playing the same character, um, really shows the, the uh, as much as we talked about some of the negative sides of fandom earlier, to embrace a guy like Ethan, who's playing such a legendary character, uh, who's originally played by such a legendary actor in this fandom, uh, to really embrace Ethan shows the positive side of this fandom. Agreed. And everybody out there, uh, if you're a a enthusiast for podcasts, I highly recommend you check out The Well, uh, hosted by Anson Mount and, and his friend, Brandon Edgens. Uh, and a little while back, they actually did a really good two-part episode with Ethan Peck, where him and Anson really talk a lot about life and acting and, and so some really really good stuff so if you're interested uh listen to the well at the well pod and that's a really good podcast to check out and and anson and is a really good podcast host as well so that that's another thing so generally here the promenade merchants we're not as super duper hyped for strange new worlds as everyone else but you know it's okay we're all right we're gonna watch it for sure we're going to watch it. The ex- I, I have no doubt the excitement's going to come once we have content that we'll be able to see and we're going to watch it. But for right now, we're the level-headed ones amongst all the excitement. You and me, man. All right. Well, let's wrap up with our upcoming business. Uh, despite the pandemic, it looks as though convention season is going to try and do its best to come back. Uh, and conventions usually mean cosplay. And, uh, I've been working on a Star Trek cosplay along with a couple of others. Uh, last year, uh, I went to Colossal Con in, uh, Sandusky, Ohio. And I was, uh, in a little bit of background on Colossal Con. It is an anime convention, but it also has a very, very, very strong Star Trek contingent. Uh, I found that out the first time I went there. Uh, and I opted to get a Star Trek cosplay. And at the time, I was the only person there with a Star Trek Discovery uniform. And uh, I, I stood out quite a bit because I was the only one. You saw a lot of the original series. You saw a lot of the next generation. Uh, you saw some Klingons. Uh, but I was the only one with a Discovery cosplay. Uh, and now with conventions coming up in 2020, uh, I'm working on 
putting together a Red Command 2399 Star Trek cosplay. Uh, if you've watched Star Trek Picard, you'll see the uniforms that Will Riker is wearing at the end of the series, the one that they're wearing at Starfleet Headquarters, the one that bears a sort of resemblance to the TNG uniform, but it has different pips and they're in a different spot, uh, and the, the Delta symbol is different. It looks like the the future uh, Delta symbol from some of the alternate timeline stuff. They kept that. If you know it, it it's that one. Uh, and I'm I'm excited, um, except, unfortunately, they sent me a blue one, uh, but uh, instead of a red one, so I had to reorder. But I will be sending the 2399 blue uniform to my co-host here, Miss Heather. Uh, yes. Heather, how about you? Aside from the one I'm sending you, uh, what have you got for cosplay right now? What do you have in mind? Well, I have also been working on uh, a little cosplay project of my own, which I have uh, uh, pieces that have been ordered, that have been purchased, that uh, are in the works to be purchased. But uh, I'm doing something a little different because I have a couple different Star Trek uniforms, uh, a TOS dress, which every good woman Star Trek fan owns at least one. You the, know, the blue ever. one, the 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 TOS dress from yeah, the original yeah, yeah. series. Every woman Star Trek fan I know owns one. Mine is blue. It's true. It's true. <laughs> uh, uh, but I I also <laughs> ironically my, my sister has my sister has one that's red for Uhura. I also ironically have a um, Discovery era Enterprise uniform. <laughs> You know, I've been thinking about that one. I've really been thinking about that one because I've been thinking I, it was either the 2399 one or the gold discovery enterprise uniform. I was, I was weighing between those two and I went with, at the time, I decided to go with the 2399 uniform for the same reason I went with the discovery uniform is that I wanted to, be the person that was kind of first with the new uniform, the one yeah. that was most recent, most fresh. Uh, so I was at debating recently with either getting the 2399 Picard uniform or the gold command uniform. I was, I wasn't really sure, but you're going with the, the TOS discovery slash strange new worlds uniform. Uh, tell me why. And of course, what color? Uh, well, you know, I like the discovery, but I wanted, I honestly, I just wanted a red one <laughs> because I wanted a red shirt. Uh, so. No, you can't have a red shirt one. I yeah. need you. You need you around. <laughs> no. You just need me around so I can die first. <laughs> no, no. So, yeah, so that's why I went with that one, because I wanted a red shirt one. Plus, uh, I, honestly, it, it it was a matter of cost, too, because I, I would like to ultimately get a Discovery uniform down the line. But uh, that one, I only needed to buy the top, and I, I could buy my own pants for a lot cheaper. <laughs> so... But the the uniform the cosplay I've been working on right now and putting pieces together is actually uh, Seven of Nine from Star Trek Picard. 
Oh, cool, so, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's it's something a little bit different for me because it's not a uniform, and it actually requires prosthetics, which I ordered off eBay from a guy in England. Uh, so they haven't arrived yet because international shipping is horrific right now. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, my my uniform is still on the way. I got my pips. Uh, I did get the pips. Uh, have not gotten my Delta badge yet. So, yeah, international shipping is a thing right now. But I could have ordered from someplace in the U.S., but I chose the guy in England because not only did he have, uh, was he offering uh, versions of Seven of Nine's eyepiece and the little piece that goes on her neck, but also the hand piece, the hand you know, implant. So I was I actually thinking about that when I was watching Voyager, and I was wondering... I don't know if I missed it, but was she still wearing that in Picard? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. I must have missed it then. Uh, so I have that ordered and uh, I have purchased some knee-high brown leather boots, <laughs> which is like, and, and, and yeah. they, that's another thing. Every woman loves a good pair of boots. Come on. We love boots more than heels. Anyone who tells you differently is lying. Uh, <laughs> every good woman loves a good pair of boots. So I, I enjoyed the excuse to buy a pair of knee-high brown leather boots. And the last thing I have to purchase is I, I found a website uh, from a place in New York that does screen-accurate replicas of leather jackets. Okay. And one of the things they offer is a replica of Seven of Nine's jacket from Picard. Cool. So that is the okay. last of the list of things I need to purchase. Uh, Do you have the gun? Do you have the ray I gun? I don't have the gun. Oh, oh I'm God. not even sure where to start when it comes to looking for that. I don't have the gun. Yeah. Uh, but you yeah. know what? Actually, actually, we can talk about that offline. I might know somebody. Okay. I might know somebody. We can okay. talk about that offline. But yeah, I, I'm excited about it because I like like we talked about earlier. I really love Seven as a character, but I'm not the type of and I, I don't want to sound body shaming of myself but i'm not the type of person to go around wearing a cat suit so the idea of cosplaying seven was never in the cards for me but then you look at her outfit in picard and i looked at that and went yeah that's badass i could do that you know and i could feel confident wearing that so i'm excited at the prospect of cosplaying seven of nine now yeah you totally should go for it Absolutely. Um, I, I will probably, um, I will probably get the gold strange new worlds costume and, and get the lieutenant commander rank like I have with all of the other uniforms I have. I don't know why I have this thing about the rank of lieutenant commander. I, I think that that matches that rank is stuck with me. I think it's because the rank of lieutenant commander uh, in non-naval ranks is major, and ah. obviously that goes really well with my last name. Uh, Very true. I, I don't know. Maybe it's – and it's also because I'm not too old yet. I'm not old enough to be a captain, I don't think. Although I am 35, and James Kirk was captain at 35, so I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but, yeah, I, I have something with lieutenant commander. I don't know why that's my rank for now. But, yeah, like I said – 
I will talk to you uh, offline about the the gun that she had in, in Picard. Okay. I'll talk to you about that. All right. And we'll do that offline. So thank you all, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Promenade Merchants podcast. This is a good, long Star Trek talk, wasn't it, Heather? Oh, it definitely was. And one more thing I want to add in there, because you did your shout out to the Well podcast. We talked about Voyager earlier. And if anyone is interested, uh, Garrett Wang and Robert McNeil are hosting their own Voyager rewatch podcast. Uh, And those will be the gentlemen who play Harry Kim and Tom Paris. Uh, So they're going through every episode of Voyager once a week and really telling like their insight on the episode. And there's a lot of like, uh, background detail as to what went into filming it uh because robbie is a director uh so he he has really good insights when it comes to how things get filmed and garrett has a lot of really interesting stories so if anyone is watching voyager wants to check that out it's called the delta flyers i highly recommend it there you go. You got two more podcasts to listen to beyond this one, The Promenade Merchants. So make sure you subscribe to The Promenade Merchants podcast. Look for it by name in your podcatcher of choice. Follow us on Twitter at Prom Trek Pod. And thank you for listening and enjoy your Rack to Gmail.